Hey guys, it's Nolan Walker here with Roofing Webmasters. I'm going to do a podcast just with me. Um, I want to talk with you directly about something. I've done some podcasts that were more introspective about my time in business and my own personal experiences and that that I've seen in other businesses along the way, because it's been a while now. I'm going to call this podcast Roofing Leads to Cash Money Profits. And um, it has to do with the flow of the business cycle. And if you don't get this stuff right, you're just not going to make any money. Um, I have dealt with this my whole life going from a standpoint of getting a lead to a phone call or an email to an appointment to a sale and what happens during that after that as to whether or not I made any money or not and whether you're going to make any money or not. So let's start with this. And this kind of came about, I want to say, because I'm 49 years old this year. Uh, I think I turned 50 this year. So um, still got still got the birthday to go this year. So turned 50 this year. So I've been working ever since I could push a lawnmower, uh, paint a curb. That's what I started doing. I think I actually sold plants. I had a greenhouse as a kid and I would, uh, I would grow plants in the wintertime and sold some hanging baskets to the neighborhood ladies. That was the very first thing I did when I was like, I think 11 or 12. And by the time I was 13 or 14, I was pushing my lawnmower. So um, easy to make money back when I was a kid and living at home. So back when I was a kid living at home, pushed lawnmower, all the money went into a little metal shoebox uh, safe with a little little dial on it. And I saved up $2,500 and bought a Datsun pickup truck with an extended cab. Ugly little truck, but didn't have many miles on it. And I used it to get more lawn care uh, jobs. And it was harder to make money because then I had some expenses. So let, let's talk about that though. And I don't think staying at that point is the best spot. And depending on how you manage people, I don't know if having a hundred people is the best place for you, but you've got to have some infrastructure, but you have to stay involved in management. So the very first thing is to get a lead. I always talk about this. So you can get a lead though, and right there, mess it up really badly. If that leads not followed and tracked. So the lead to the phone call or the appointment and the conversion to a sale some horrible things can happen to you if you're not watching yourself. You might hire someone thinking, oh, I'll hire people and they'll manage my process for me. Well, you'll soon find that that's not the case. If you're going to deal with human beings and you're not um, going to be able to have a repetitive process through some sort of software, software or AI, you're going to have to follow up on these things forever. If that person that answers the phone isn't on top of it, you can literally kill the lead right then and not even get the appointment. So if you're having a human being interaction right there, or even if it's an automated funnel or an email, you'd better be watching that process and A-B testing it for conversion because the leads are too precious to have somebody trash them out or have some system trash out the lead. Now, this is the Achilles heel of all businesses. When you go out there to see the person or when someone shows up, when a phone call gets made or a person shows up in person, to try to bid or estimate or sell the roof. You can have one guy, and you know this, that converts half of them. You can have someone else that converts 15% of them. The guy that converts 15% of them will kill you. Um, you may not make any money at all. You may go into the red with that guy. 
because he's not converting the sale. And so this is where commission comes in and other things. So I've dealt with roofers for years. I've run businesses for years. I've never run a roofing business. Um, I do know that this all stuff to be self-evident and this is critical for anybody in here. People get off because of propaganda, stuff they hear, oh, I'm supposed to manage this and that. You are gonna hire people to help you manage certain things. You are always gonna have yourself interjected in here on some level if you're gonna make sure that this thing is well-oiled and makes as much money as possible. If you lose control of these things at any point in time during the process, you will find yourself not making a profit. And that is horribly frustrating. Why would you go and have 25 people running around if you can make the same amount of money with one or two. Just doesn't make any sense. I did a podcast the other day called, "If you're, are you a contractor or are you a company? I think you can have three or four people and be a company. I think you can have 10 people and be a contractor. You wanna have some sort of system set in place. You wanna have some sort of help. You wanna understand your processes pretty well, but you can fall apart here if it's not handled well. So. Once your sale is made as a highest conversion as possible, you're gonna to have to have the service. I think this is the easy part. I always say this, that leads and sales are what builds the business. Leads and sales creates money, a resource to, to have the service in the first place, to get the best sub. You're still gonna manage your subs, right? The guys who go climb on the roof, you get a good enough one, I hear. They just go and come. You don't have to worry about it too much. You're still gonna to need to have some quality controls from time to time but the service is as a result of the lead and the sale. So if the lead and the sale gets done well and there's a little customer service thrown in there, you're good to go. You gotta watch all expenses, doesn't matter what it is. So if you can find a way to inventory and buy your shingles and get a better deal, I would. I'd always be checking my prices on that, but I'd especially be watching things like, am I paying too much for hired non-owned auto? Did I need to do that in the first place? Could I sub everybody that I have legally? Is that within line of the local taxing authority? Is that in line with my employment tax law? Can I sub everyone? Can I do everyone, you know, sub everyone except a few key players? Minimize my liability, minimize my expenses. When sales are down or business is down, I don't have to cut. I don't get I don't get robbed of all my cash coming through because I've got a high monthly nut. I've got a lot of expenses going. Your expenses will kill things. It can be as simple as people. Um, a couple of people in the office that you do not need. People in the office you don't need because you don't get enough phone calls. The phone calls could have come through you. If people are inefficient at answering the phone, you are better off at calling somebody back or calling the caller ID back than you are that having someone that doesn't care whether you lived or died, they only want a paycheck. So you can take all the leads yourself because you don't get enough calls to justify it. Now, if you get enough calls, fine. But if you hire someone to answer the phone and they're scheduling calls, you had better be call recording and following up on them regularly forever. Somebody that cares about whether you live or die. It can be you, spouse, family member, but it better be someone and, and you probably ought to check them too every once in a while. So if somebody's interjected in between the lead, the call, the funnel, the email, and the sale, you had better be checking on it. I check my phones to this day once a month just to make sure they're all ringing and make sure all my emails are working. And if you're not doing that, it's just crazy. That's too critical. I've been doing this for decades and every once in a long while an email breaks or the phone 
doesn't work or something glitches. And I don't want to sit there for a week like I did once back in the 90s and have the phone not ring at all until I realized that my phones weren't working. So check these things, check these processes for ultimate success. You want to have some tools in place for the highest conversion. So if you do have a few people, Nolan, I can't make all the calls. I got to have some system in place. Fine. I understand that. You have to have some system in place. You want to grow. You think that by growing in volume, you can manage expenses and make more money. You can do that. Just checks and balances and always come back and look at some of them. Checks and balances and watching all things and spot checking all of this, whether it's a computer program, a telephone line, an email, a human being every single time. I don't care how nice he or her. I don't care how nice they are. You'd better be checking them, listening to those phone calls, watching them. You go on a one week vacation, two week vacation, whatever. You're watching over your shoulder every once in a while. You know who you can trust and who you can't within your organization. If you have 10 people, you'll be lucky to have a couple that you can depend on that, uh, you, but you know who they are and you structure things around this. Um, so we have, uh, oh, 15, 20 people here, depending on the point in time, uh, between a couple of companies. And I, I, I've got some really good people that, that I depend on here. And, and, uh, and I still watch things like, like crazy. So if you don't convert well, and, or even if you, you can convert perfectly and eat up every dime in silly little expenses. And I'm going to define silly little expenses. Wrap trucks when it doesn't help. I think wrap trucks can help in roofing immensely if you're working out a zip code a lot. But if you're working a large area and you're kind of decentralized, meh, liability, hard non on auto, um, oh gosh, just uh, fees on repairs and that sort of thing. I think that it can eat your lunch. Um, having to uh, pay for too many people in an office. Um, not, not having the best marketing that you could possibly have. Uh, you've got to focus down on marketing. You know, I always talk about, we're a marketing company, so I talk about branding and marketing. You've got to get that dialed into where you're such a good brand that you show up online and you get some of the cheapest, best leads you can through organic. You, you really need that. And then that marketing too, if you, if you do have a wrap truck, again, depend on the, depend on the part of town and the city, I like the idea of them because I see them in neighborhoods and there's signs and there's trucks and someone's involved in their church and civic stuff locally. And they're organically optimized for the vast majority of searches occur on mapping and organic and reviews and reputation, the 70% of searches and they're getting some referrals and a referral, they give a referral bonus out. Church members know about them. You can have a great, great local branded deal. The leads come in cheap, but then you can eat them all up in the expenses that are silly, like too many people, too many people pulling money out of the company, too fancy of stuff, too fancy of office, too big of an office. Um, that can all kill you. Now, when the profit comes in and you're worked your tail off and you deserve it, and I want to tell you something, you're going to work hard no matter what forever until you're done. End of story. Doesn't matter unless you're not going to make money. Um, so you can't really count people. You can count famous people like the most well-known business people there are out there working still. Do they have people helping them on the stuff? Yes. Are they involved in their business on a day-to-day -day basis? They are. We see them all on social media. The ones that are successful seem to be, right? So you're involved still 
And then you, now you're profiting and you figured it out and you can stray from this. I have, you go, you hire too many people, you pull back, you get too much infrastructure and procedure set up, you pull back, you integrate more stuff into your repertoire. You find out what you're good at and you stay in there and you watch other stuff too while you're going, okay? And the profits begin to come in and you're making less mistakes and you're more branded. You gotta have an investment vehicle. You have to. You can't just go get your profits and go spend them. It might be stocks. You might have some guy, Edward Jones, helping you. You might buy rental homes. You might buy small apartment units and redo them. You might have Airbnb condos. I don't know, but you'd better do something without just spending it all on lifestyle or sticking it in the bank because it won't retire you and you won't have any extra income coming in from anything and you're on this treadmill that just has to continue. And it gets more of a drudgery if you're not having some specific intent with it. It'd be nice if that intent aligned with your dreams in some way, whether it was a part of the town, part of the country, a certain activity. Um, but I wouldn't just manifest destiny out into other business interests. Some of these things need to go into other types of passive or more hard asset investments in order to secure you. Meaning don't just go start another roofing business uh, next state over because that decentralizes support, increases expenses, and lowers conversion. It's very common for a roofer to do this, and I, I, I understand it because you don't know where the hail is going to hit. You don't know where the storm is going to be. In fact, if a hail hits that much, and my, let's talk about hail and, and a lot of money at one time for a roofer real quick. Let me back up and talk about it. We'll talk about a couple of locations. If hail hits twice and you're optimized, online and your brand is up, two hailstorms can retire a roofer, but that's not what normally happens. Most roofers remind me of ballers, uh, football, baseball, basketball players come into money, don't know what to do with it, and then have a, you know, six seasons, three seasons, 12 seasons, and they're broke, you know. So when that first hailstorm comes around, it's be best if you flex up to handle the volume and flex down instantly. Do not hold on to any of the expenses that you had to have to handle the hailstorm. So, because it's going to go back down, you cannot duplicate or fight your way through that level of income from Mother Nature. It's just not going to happen. So if you go from doing 80, 100 roofs in a year and you do 400 roofs in that one year, well, the 400 roofs made you a million, you know, you, you did 300 more roofs, you made million, $2 million net profit. And then you got to take the expenses back down to where they were. Like, boom, like back down. Now, um, so I resist getting healthcare for everybody if you don't have to. Resist getting... F-250s, resist um, getting a huge new office, resist all of these things. The next year may be, instead of 100, still 175. You, it, it depends on how bad the hailstorm was, or you might go from 200 to 700. And then the next year, instead of 700, still 400. And, and the next year's 275 and 200. And, and then if you raised expenses and expanded a location or two and have trucks and expenses and all this stuff, you're reeling from it. You're like, oh my God, what happened? Well, what happened was you got blessed with an act of God that you got to participate in helping people with. 
and then you raised all your expenses, expanded, you lowered your conversion on sales, you spread it out your resources, which is you and one or two people that can help you properly, and you're starting to bleed red all over the place. And you've got your lake house, and you have 215, your boat, and your second location, your third location. It's a mess. If you're going to go out and do a second location, I do it within driving distance. For me personally, I, I don't. Some people do them like if they're in, if they live in, uh, let's say they live in Fort Worth where we are, and they went out to Denver one time. They'll have a location in Denver, or they went to Florida one time. I get it because it's where you want a vacation. Denver's beautiful. Florida's beautiful. But I don't know that I'd do that because it decentralizes and spreads you so much, uh, so thin. These guys don't typically make it that do this. They don't typically make it. You're better off in your storm area and one across town. If I'm in Fort Worth, I drop a location up in Frisco and I work those two and that's it. If I go to Denver, I'm on vacation. I go to Florida on vacation. If I'm going to start a roofing company in Florida, I do it after retire, you know, because I'm not there. And you've got junk spread out everywhere. Uh, in Texas, we call it riding two horses at one time. It's tough. So you'd better have your first location done before you do a second one. When I, when I say done, that it's successful. You've got it well-oiled. You've got low expenses. You've got high exposure, brandability. You're getting leads, you're profitable. And then you go to one more location. I don't think I'd do three unless I'd done it a long time. Problem is most guys want to go take over the world immediately and then they get, they want to take over everything and they get nothing. So you don't want to just go, I'm going to do two, three locations right now. No, you're unstable, you're unhinged. And based upon the way that Google and the world reacts to stuff and human beings' ability to manage stuff, your chances of success when you do it like that is so low, it's, it's mind boggling because I've been doing this so long. I've watched it. So get one location going, be the best can. If your brain is thinking to get a second location because you're not making enough at your first, which probably means you haven't fought hard enough for the first location to be worthy of brand ability to the point that it's saturating into digital marketing to where your phone calls are coming in daily. So your brain starts thinking about other locations. It's a dead opposite thing that should have been done in the first place. And so all these things have to do with building that brand, getting that lead, making sure that lead is nurtured, that somebody didn't jack that lead. That lead is bound to be jacked forever. I can't say this is the sales process. If somebody else answers that phone or is in charge of that funnel email or anything or response rate, you'd better, you need to follow up on it all the time all the time. And the phones that come in, the emails are checked, all this stuff, right? You need to do it yourself. Dial the phone number once a month, dial, do, check the emails, check the funnel. I don't do a lot of funneling. I'm just giving you ideas. I'm, I'm into either getting a phone call or an email, and then you directly respond to those people. It's going to give, it's the highest conversion to a sale, right? You, you want to, you want to have that interject that and then watch expenses like a hawk forever. But if you have somebody good, pay them. You're going to have a couple of good people pay them. Everybody else, you keep that at market rate. You know what the sales commissions are for bringing on people. You know what the door knocking commissions are. You know what, if, if you're bringing in leads, what you're going to pay on that. Pay somebody market rate on that stuff. And then you have other people, you have a couple of people you pay well and you watch your business and you run your business. And I think you'll make a ton of money as long as you'll invest that to some degree. Um, 
In my opinion, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made before you start business, know what you're going to invest in so that when the money comes in, you know what you're going to do. And then you always restrict yourself. You can watch this stuff on Instagram. You don't need me for this, but you always restrict yourself from buying the, you know, the, the fun stuff, the bigger house, the better car. You go buy the investment first and the investment pays for that stuff. But if you buy directly the thing that you want, you're spending your hard earned income that got taxed and walloped with everything. It makes it very difficult for you to get self-sustainable and truly get rich and live that life that you want to live. Um, guys, I hope you enjoyed this one. I am doing my best at this point to do some of these, to bring some information to you that I know is invaluable. I'll go ahead and bring ourselves into it. We are creme de la creme, hands down, the best marketing company for roofers. We build brands. We get the best return through organic optimization. It is the best place to be. Design code content, data pens. We, we're just, we're fantastic at it to the point that not only do I own agencies, I own software at this point with a different company and we're on a level that people aren't at. There is no one out there doing the stuff that we're doing and we help you with the best part of this. The rest of it that I just told you, so I know I bring mine to the table. I bring to the table what I should do when someone enters this professional relationship, we bring it. You have to do the rest of it. And here is your blueprint on doing that. If you're able to get leads and you handle the rest of this, just like I said, you'll become a millionaire and do great. If you don't, you mess up anything in this cycle, it's rough until you figure it out. Sooner you figure it out, better your life is when you get done with work for the day and the more fulfilled you are and the better provider you are, which is what you're trying to do. So guys, I'd love to have you as a client. I hope you enjoyed this one. I think it was invaluable. It's some of the best information I think you could get. I'll see you. We'd like to hear from you.